And here we are back with your livable garden, Michael Sean, along with Belinda and Kelly. It is so wonderful to have you back on the other side of the microphone. Do you miss me when I'm gone? I did. It Aww. was tough. It was tough. No one to talk to. No one laughed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you always have me. Oh, goodness gracious. Front yard. You know, th- there's something. I I love living in the front yard. Front yard I do. Yeah. I love front yard living. It's you a, do. It's um. You like to talk out, to our neighbors. I think he just people. pulled in the driveway. No, he's out there visiting with someone down the street, around the corner. Or I, I'm sad because in all honesty, door. in our neighborhood, it's... Uh, there are less people. You know, this is something which is... It's been winter time though, too, now. People are coming it's, back out. It's more Days will be that. longer. It's Unf- not going to be dark at five. <clears throat> I think that most people would agree with this. Those who have owned a few different houses in their lo- lifetime, those that got that first house when they didn't think they could afford to eat every day, and they were growing with their jobs and growing with their ability to buy things, that sometimes those first houses are more fun because everyone in the neighborhood is... Hoping to make the payment, <laughs> and, struggling together. You know, and there's more. There's more younger kids in those neighborhoods when you're starting off buying the houses. So there's more interaction between the folks. So you know your neighbors a little bit better. The kids go to school together. They're on the baseball team together. They're on the soccer team or the swim team together. So you get to know all your neighbors. And then as you get older and move, you know, there's just not as many people hanging out in the street. <laughs> you know. I've tried to get well, Norm. I've tried to, to get do. Norm down the street to kick the ball, but no, you know. No, he doesn't want to play five hundred. Huh? No, most uh, when I go knocking on doors, if I ask people to go outside and throw the frisbee, they look at me like I'm crazy. Yeah. I'm going to start just doing it anyway. Maybe if it bounces a few times off the front window, they'll come out, and yeah. I'll say, "Come on." If I had someone to throw well, to, well, you see, you could break it now and pay for it. Before you were scared <laughs> to break it, right? Because mom and dad had to do but it. But that whole idea of being outdoors, where you see people, where you can chat with people, where that front yard is a livable space. Now, we talked about the driveway, that side-loading driveway going in the garage. That's tough because quite often two-thirds of your front yard is concrete. So what do you do? It's And when you've got that much concrete out there, basically you've got this huge courtyard, which probably isn't the most attractive. If someone told you to put in a courtyard in the front yard, you would not have chosen that much concrete. So it's when the driveway goes up and takes a hard right or left right. into the garage. So the garage, when you park in the your garage, front your front door is on the other side of that driveway now, right? Right, or someplace up there. The whole thing just becomes kind of dis- it, it starts picking up and it's not a a uh, I'm not trying to be mean, but you start picking up almost an apartment hallway entrance into your front door because things are just lots of concrete and a small little passageway going into a recessed area. And it, you've got to do a lot to make so that So what work. is it that you would do right away? What would be the first thing you'd say, wow, this is what you ought to I'm do? I'm going to assume you can't change. I'm going to assume you aren't going to spend the money to change the driveway. Okay. Okay, that's going to be the assumption, even though I would always toss that out, say, are you willing to do this? Because we've done it so many times. Changing the driveway as in replacing Rip, it with? Ripped it out and replaced it with a different material. Okay. And a slightly different pattern, because basically... The builder only builds enough concrete so you can, or very seldom, not even enough, so you can get in and out of the garage without taking out the light pole, the corner of the house, and the neighbor's, you know, um, front of their house, too, because it's just a difficult turn to make. So that's the first thing. I would suggest if you're, if you haven't built one yet, if you're building a house with this type of driveway, Design it so that it looks like a courtyard that you happen to drive across. So when you across. step out of the front door, you're going to step down into it. You're, you're, you're going to have some more hard surface out there to make it look right. Okay. But, you could do inlays of pavers like rugs or right, something. Right. But assuming more. you're not doing that, the first thing is highlight that driveway normally comes up on one side of the 
house or other, highlight that driveway by using crepe myrtles or holly trees or or uh, the vitex, something which is going to give you a great, almost a, a linear planting to say, boom, this is the, the side of the property, but we're going to try to give you something beautiful, a wall of color, a wall of foliage. Maybe if that's the west side, it'll also give you a wall of shade coming down on your driveway too. But something to give you this explosion, this ornamental explosion of color, texture, and hopefully shade during the summer, something to highlight the side of the long length of the driveway coming down. Okay. I'd start with that. Then I'd probably use quite a few pots and things like that up close to the front door, to the side of the driveway, on the side of the garage doors, whatever. Any place you could find to put a pot on that hard surface that wouldn't get run over by the car. And sometimes it's nice to put something just off the driveway so you know you're, you're ready to drive off of it. So when you're backing out, you look in the uh, rearview mirror and you see the, the dwarf magnolia growing out of the pot or something like that. And that lets you know you're about to drive off the driveway too. Okay. But anything like that to soften up the corners on the driveway, to soften up just the... Uh, the uh, the hard surface that's out there. And your techniques, you're always using like three, right? On the pots? Or typically when you're grouping pots or Usually putting them in a row. Or even like you did the three trees at the end of the right. drive or three, side but, of the drive. But it doesn't have to be three. There's this whole thing that people are caught up on. You have to use odd numbers. Well, you know, it doesn't really matter if it's odd or even. You can do two. You can use four. It's just how you cluster, how you form the space. So don't get caught up on these Good. these rules of thumb like, oh, you've you got to use three or you have to use five or whatever. You know, you can always... You've kind of thrown out a couple of rules about how to prune. That's just out the window and now numbers. Pruning, fertilizing, and then yeah. numbers. Don't worry You're about... It out don't the window. worry about even numbers. Relax. Just get out there. There are many times <laughs> just in planting, if I'm using dwarf yopons, for example, or something which grows round like an Indian hawthorn or a dwarf pittosporum or a... Uh, you know, something else that's going to be along those lines, like the uh, Japanese barberry. All these plants grow in a round form. They all grow somewhere around knee high. So you can use these. And if I have, I'll plant three in a cluster and then plant one, which is a little bit further away. And I'll do that a lot. Sometimes I do the same thing. I'll put two close together and then one further away. Because what I'm trying to do is create this, this eye movement going through the bed. So the bed isn't just static. I'm trying to get the eye to move through the bed, move across the front yard. And the patterns that you use in the plantings is what causes your eye to move through the yard that way. And that's important, too, on these side-loading garages because the front yard is quite often a very small area of dirt you're working with because the driveway goes up one side, then turns into the garage. You've got a very small area of soil that you're really working with out there. And you need to do something that's going to really enhance the front of the house there, and you don't have much room to do it in. So making sure that your beds are sweeping through and that your beds have a very interesting form is very important. Well, you did um, uh, the particular driveway that had the side-loading driveway, but then you put the grass that was right next on the curve of the driveway just as it turns in. You put a big swath of grass right there, and then the bed was embracing it right behind it. And uh, what? Why? Why would you do that? I mean, it almost has a jigsaw puzzle look where you've yeah. got this grass working with the beds. Well, the thing is, it's such a small area that I want the beds to um, be very, very noticeable. I don't want to just have a little foundation planting where I'm just wrapping that, that part of the garage that's protruding out toward the street. I want the beds to become this beautiful garden in the front yard. And by using the grass that way, you notice that, okay, you've got that half circle of grass. You have a, 
these sweeping grass forms over here, the beds are meandering through the grass. So it's not just street, curb, grass, a few bushes in a bed in the garage. I'm taking those beds and sweeping them through. And in doing that, the grass becomes, basically, visually, the grass is playing back and forth with the beds. Well, what about the side of the garage that's facing the street? It's parallel to the street now. And that you know, when you drive by, you see the side of the garage. And how are, or what are some things that you would do along that garage? The side of the garage, you treat that the same way you would a large wall that's inside the house or a large wall that's in the, the backyard or a fence. You start using that as your palette that you're going to, that, that's your canvas. That big wall is your canvas to be not only a backdrop to your beds and all that, but you can also use that canvas to pick up different textures, grow vines on, hang pots on, put some type of sculpture on it or something like that. So it really becomes a beautiful wall that even in the evening, do some beautiful lighting on. And that, it really is, it's a big canvas for you to do something fun and interesting if you're going for the artistic landscape. Well, the one troubled area is always fine is those little tiny little swath of bed that they leave you between the driveway and the house. As you're turning into the garage, you know, to the right or to the left, that little tiny strip. That, you're like, why didn't they just pour it all the way to the house or make it large enough that you could put a one-gallon plant in there or something? Those areas are very tough to work with. Quite often what I'll do is just do a ground cover in there and then put some big pots and set them in the bed. Sometimes they're half in the bed and half on the driveway. But... Do a ground cover, which may spill over some, over the driveway a little bit, especially if it is only about one foot wide. Because you're right, what are you going to do with one foot of bed? Nothing. So you put a ground cover in there and then bring in some pots that can give you the interest for your planting. And and one thing really I like when you put those pots on the little 12 by 12 paver or something like that so that they're defined and then you do the ground cover around those. Kind of gives that, uh, I don't know, controlled chaos. I like that a lot. If it's uh, well, speaking of that, because you have you can do something really fluffy in those beds. You have a one foot bed. If you have, if it's an area that holds water, and a lot of these places do, you can plant something like the uh, false indigo is a good plant. Even though it's deciduous, it's going to lose its leaves in the cold weather, but it leaves out and has these beautiful little lavender flowers that um, almost like a shrimp plant has, except they're lavender, and they're very full. They're arching. They will reach out over the driveway and, and give the uh, the feeling of a larger bed. So you can do something like that. And you can also mix in, I know a lot of people are worried about Caterulia, but when you've got a very trapped bed, Caterulia with those deep purple flowers, maybe add some of the indigo with the light lavender flowers, and then perhaps do uh, a few pots out there. And now you've got this beautiful planting scheme, which is really kind of working out of a very tiny, tiny bed. Nice. But, but those nice. pots allow you to put some larger shrubs out there. Well, even when you do that uh, variegated, that Aztec grass in there in those small spaces, and then you end up on the on I didn't the say end. anything about Aztec grass. Where did Aztec grass come from? <laughs> what are you doing to me, woman? That was did I thought. say Aztec? No, you didn't. You sure didn't, but I was thinking about it. Because <laughs> I think that's really pretty at the base of a pot, too, coming up and kind of surrounding and embracing that. Because you could go with a smaller paver, you know, and do an 8 by 8 block if it's a one-foot bed. Set that pot that's very cone-shaped or narrow and, you know, tuck that, that in. That is beautiful. I that love nice. Aztec grass, especially if you've got dark brick. Yeah. If you have a darker brick or dark red brick. That's a great place because that Aztec will grow up to be almost a foot high and real thick and full, and it gives you a great contrast. It's so low maintenance, you can still run the blower and clean out all the debris and keep it so neat and tidy and pretty, and I'm all about maintenance. Oh, listen, that's one of your main things. What are we going to plant? Can I run a blower through it? I, <laughs> I like to use the blower. I really do.